0: Welcome back to our study of Mastering the Word. We're continuing today with the book of 1 Samuel. Again, if you hear nursery rhymes and playing in the background, it is my young son, so bear with us, please. Alright, 1 Samuel. First, the story of a priest. Samuel was a miracle baby. His mother had been infertile and prayed long and hard for a child because she was so aware that her child was a gift from God. When he was old enough, she sent him to live at the temple and to be raised and apprenticed by Eli the priest. When Samuel grew up, he was the leader of Israel, but with Israel wanting a king, a king, this could change everything about Israel's government. They had only been ruled by God and then a few judges. See the book of Judges as referenced in our study. Samuel tried to dissuade them, but Israel demanded. They wanted to be like all the other countries around them. A a logic you might recognize from an argument with a middle schooler. (laughs) So it was Samuel who anointed their first and second kings. Then, the story of a king. The first king of Israel was a young man named Saul. He had a lot going for him and did many great things for Israel. He was committed to God, at first. Then he wavered, then he fell, then he literally went insane, as they might, as they have written here. Again, I'm reading from the Everyday Guide to the Bible. During King Saul's most troubled moments, he was calmed by a young musician named David. Do you remember that old spiritual play on your harp, little David? David became best friends with Jonathan Saul's son, like did Saul, excuse me, little did Saul know that because he had stopped obeying God, he would one day be replaced by David. as Saul began to realize David's growing popularity, he became jealous and angry and increasingly distressed. He treated David like an outlaw. King Saul finally died in a battle along with his two sons. Or excuse me, along with his sons, I added the word too, forgive me, David's best friend, Jonathan. Did I say sons? I meant son. Goodness, I'm all over the place. (laughs) Then, the story of another king. David was anointed future king while he was still a young and very unlikely candidate. He was anointed by Samuel after God rejected Saul as the right, uh, excuse me, the rightful king. Soon after, David was honored with the opportunity to play music before King Saul. The king was so impressed with him that he made David an armor bearer. This is how it came to be that David was at the camp when Goliath made his challenge. You probably remember the story about little David taking a slingshot out to meet the giant Goliath and killing him with one stone. This was the beginning of David's leadership, but it was the beginning of the end of Saul's. For the story of David and Goliath grew, the people of Israel started comparing David and Saul. Eventually Saul resented it so much that David was left a refugee, an outlaw wandering from cave to cave trying to survive against Saul's anger and his armies. When Saul was killed in battle, David sincerely grieved for him. Then David took over the throne. Since we're only three minutes into this, I figured we might as well do 2 Samuel as well, as you probably saw from the title, but it's a shocker to me. (laughs) We'll continue on now with 2 Samuel. Story of a monarchy. The book of 2 Samuel is a constitution of the story begun in the book of 1 Samuel. At the end of 1 Samuel, King Saul had been killed in battle and King David had taken the throne. 2 Samuel is all about King David's monarchy. The Rise of David. David was an increasing, excuse me, David was an interesting character. The only other person in the Bible has more stories about is Jesus. David was a great man, but not always a good one. He often stood for right, but he often failed as a husband and father. The first 10 chapters of 2 Samuel are about the great things that King David did. He built a strong and prosperous kingdom. He returned the Ark of the Covenant to the tabernacle. He made plans to build a temple. He kept a lifelong promise to his best friend Jonathan, who died in battle with King Saul, and took care of Jonathan's physically challenged son. The fall of David. David's most famous mistake and the beginning of his fall from power was an affair he had with a married woman named Bathsheba, First, David persuaded her, slept with her, and then found out she had become pregnant. Next, he tried to get her husband Uriah home from war so it would look like his baby. Poor Uriah, besides having an awful name by today's standards, they might say, again, as the book is written, so revered the king that he wouldn't even go home and enjoy being with his wife while he was on leave. Next, David set Uriah up to be killed in battle, so David was guilty of adultery, a Tempted uh paternity excuse me, paternity, fraud, and murder, all from seeing someone bathing and giving in to temptation. This is a king. David ended up making Bathsheba his wife, but the baby died. They later had more children, including the future King Solomon. David's dysfunctional family. After David's affair with Bathsheba, his life only went from bad to worse. His children by the first wives were out of control. One son, Amon, ...raped his half-sister, Tamar, another son, Absalom, who had supermodel good looks and long hair, killed Ammon because of the rape. Eventually, Absalom rebelled against his father. He was killed by King David's men when they found him hanging from a tree limb by his hair. His mule had ridden under the tree, and when Absalom's hair caught in the limbs, the mule just kept on going. Yes, it really happened... It almost sounded like an R-rated black comedy, doesn't it? David's throne was succeeded by his son Solomon. Solomon was the second-born son of Bathsheba, and he grew to be wise and wealthy king. Think about it in this way. One of the most important things to know about David is that God called him a man after his own heart, as mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. As you have read, David's life is far from perfect. Because of that, he was a great example to us that God desires our faith and is on the basis of that faith he approves of us. Then he walks with us through our mistakes and failures, redeeming us on the basis of that faith. If you listened last week to the study of the book of Ruth, you'll mention how I brought up the point of God utilizing what seems like insignificant characters and characters of failure to bring about great things, as you see in the genealogy of Christ. Most of those people mentioned were not the best characters ever. They were full of failures and sin, and not to glorify those failures and sin, but God utilizes... People like you and I that are failures and sinners, and he brings about great things. As we see uh, with David, God called him. He was a man after his own heart, and he epically failed at times, but... God called him. I like to think of the saying this way. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. As we see that before we come to faith in Christ we're lost sinners. But after we repent and are baptized and are given the Holy Spirit it's with that power and that gift that we're able to go on and do significant things in the body of Christ And the Lord walks with us through our failures. I don't know about you, but through my life of being a Christian, which I've been a born-again Christian uh, almost 11 years now, it's been full of failures. But I thank God for those failures because they have built me up to be able to understand and grow as a Christian. And maybe you're in a spot like that right now, too. You need to repent 100%. I mean, that's just the case in order to grow. But um, just know it's not the end of the story for you. So thank you for listening to 1st and apparently 2nd Samuel today.